0: I'm certainly thankful for that. If you will, with me, turn in your Bibles to Psalm 115. Our text this morning will be found in Psalm 115, the the very first three verses of Psalm 115. Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory. For thy mercy and for thy truth's sake. Wherefore should the heathen say, Where is now their God? But our God is in the heaven. He has done whatsoever he hath pleased. Let us pray. O Lord, I pray as thou art pleased this morning to draw us close to thy side. Lord, that you would be pleased to reveal thyself in the pages of thy holy word. O Lord, draw us close to Thee, that we would know more about Thee, that You would show us, Lord, our rightful place, that You would reveal to us, Lord, that without You we truly could do nothing. O Lord, may You receive all praise and receive all glory, for truly Thou art worthy. And may You search our hearts in this hour, O Lord, to reveal that, Lord, that that we pray would would humble us, would humble us at Thy feet, that would cause us, Lord, to cry out unto Thee, to finish those things in our soul, to do those things in our soul that is pleasing unto Thee. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Our text this morning, as I said, at the beginning of Psalm 115, we start today with a question. It's a question that I think is answered in the Word of God. But I don't know in how many souls this morning it's been answered in. I know that, that we ebb and flow um, the way the Lord as He brings providential things into our life, whether they be afflictions or whether they be hardships or whether they even be blessings. Our question today as we start is what do we have that was not given to us? I'd like to begin this morning with that question. What do you have as you sit in that seat this morning that you have not been given from the Lord? I look across the people this morning and I see those that are fighting afflictions and things that may be ongoing in their life, but yet they're here. We're all here this morning. The Lord has given us health to be here. He's given us the ability to come in here today and to sit in a chair and to listen And what do we owe that to? We have things that the Lord has blessed us with, many riches in this life and land and jobs and and the things that we call our own. And I ask again, what is it that we have that has not been given to us? It seems as though some side of that, and those are just the physical things. We just sang that song and it had a phrase in it, That, Lord, I would not have loved You had You not loved me first. That's what the Word of God says. That's what 1 John 4.18 says. That's what that says. We love Him because He first loved us. Paul exclaimed that he lived by the faith of the Son of God. The Lord Jesus Christ said, My peace I leave with you. I ask you again what is it that you have that hasn't been given to you? As our Joseph opens the storehouses to his people and he gives the spiritual blessings of joy and peace and love and faith, what is it that lies in you that you have conjured up yourself that presents it to God and said unto you, I believe in you, therefore you've elected me. I love you, therefore you must love me, Lord. If that's the God you know, you don't know the God of the Scriptures. This scripture this morning, when David writes this at the beginning of Psalm 115, it's a zealous cry unto the Lord Not unto us, Lord. Not unto us, but unto thy name give glory. Not unto us, Lord. What have we done? What are we but sinful creatures every day that's reliant upon the grace of God to work in our souls? What are we but wayward sheep who would run away from our benevolent shepherd every minute that we get? That's the way that song just started out. I would be, if it wasn't for you Lord, I would be right there with the world. I would be in that wide gate that leads to destruction. I'd be running in that gate every day of my life. And I say that to the young ones in this room today, as you're faced with the pressure in this life, the peer pressure, and the things that the wide gate always says, run with me, run with me. It's the easiest path you'll ever take in this life. Because your fallen nature wants it. Your fallen nature wants to run away from God. It wants to hide from God. It wants to be God. There is a reason that in the garden, when the devil was allowed, when Satan was allowed into the garden, that what he tempted Eve with, was you could be as gods. There is a lust and a desire that lives in us to be the God of our life. And it's only when the Lord comes with His gracious power, that he subdues the flesh and he subdues the child of God and he brings that little lamb before his feet. And he says, lie down in my green pasture that I have prepared for you. Lie down in the works that I have done for you. Lie down in the mercy that I have given you. Lie down in the truth that I have given you. We must be made to lie down. The psalmist was shown that. We know in David's life, we could chronicle many times of pride in his life. He numbered the people more than once and he and got the Lord's anger kindled against him. We know that his lust got the better of him, I should say, and he, and he committed adultery, he committed murder. All of these things are things that lie in our heart. But we deceive ourselves every time we wake up in the morning and we look up to the God of creation and we look up to the God in the heavens and we say, Lord, what will I do for you today? Look what a mighty person I've been in my life. I'm almost 50 years old. I reminisce a lot more now. I look back in my life a lot more now than I ever did 10 years ago. And I look at the things and how the Lord has worked in my life. And I have to say before God and all of you this morning, I look at how He's brought me and and how I'm up here this morning and I say, Lord, not unto me. What have I done? I certainly have done nothing to deserve grace. I've certainly done nothing to deserve Thy mercy. Nothing. Nothing. I haven't chosen you. I've rebelled in my life. I was a disciple that fled in your time of need. (laughs) That was me. And without the Lord going to get me, I would be on the same path as the world is on. So I ask you this morning, what is it that you have? What spiritual blessings do you possess? What are the things you have in your soul? Is Christ in your soul? Is the seed of Christ there? If He is, it's because of Him. It's because He's birthed you into that. All glory, all power, all praise belongs to our Lord. I want to show you what David... Last, last week, uh, that's the Scripture reading we had in our Sunday service. Let's go back there this morning to 1 Chron- Chronicles 29. This is at the end of David's life. David had been brought through his life and we had just I just told you some of the things in his life. I left out all the merciful, how the Lord delivered him with the lion and the bear and, and how he had exalted him to be king over everyone and how every time he went out into the Philistines and all of those ites around him, the Amorites, the Moabites, the, the Hittites, the Canaanites, he was given victory over all of them. He was a warring king and the Lord delivered him over and over again. And at the end of his life in 1 Chronicles 29 as the Lord has already revealed to him that you are going to pass off the scene, David. You're not going to build my temple. The temple will be built by your son, Solomon. So what is it David has on his heart, in his soul, as he's leaving this earth? First Chronicles 29 will begin in verse 10. Wherefore David blessed the Lord before all the congregation, and David said, Blessed be thou, Lord, God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Now listen to this. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory. But David, you were a warring king. You were the king. You were the greatest power in all the earth. But that's not what you hear from him. You do not hear what a great king I am. Everybody around bow to me. Look at my glory. As he stands in the assembly, he says, Lord, yours is the greatness. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory. Yours is the victory and the majesty. For all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. It's yours. It's yours. That's what we are. stewards of of what He gives us by grace. I've heard so many things in this life of man berating me, telling me that I must improve upon grace. What an affront to God that somehow my obedience is what the Lord is looking for. That He's looking for me to improve on what He's given me as a gift. To improve upon His faith to improve upon His mercy, to improve upon His love by something I do. I don't see it in the Word. I don't see the expectation from my God to say, Sean, now that I've given you a gift, go out and improve that gift. Go out and use that gift. Go out and perfect that gift. Go out and show the world that gift. That gift is a gift of God. That's what grace is. Or Paul said, it's no longer of grace. If you're going to make it about works, if you're going to make it about improvement, if you're going to make it about being a co-pilot, Paul said, don't call it grace. Call it what it is. Rank Arminianism. Call it what it is. Man-centered religion. Call it what it is. A works-based religion. What do you have this morning that the Lord hasn't given you? What do we, do we owe this morning? A debt to Grace. A debt to our Joseph. O Lord, thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come of thee. And thou reignest over all. And in thy hand is power and might. In thy hand. And in thy hand is to make great and to give strength unto all. Understand that all. All even those that rise up against you, is because the providence of God's hand is in it. He is in the heavens. He has done everything that He has pleased. Sometimes we get caught up in that. We look at the chaos in the world and we say, oh, there's chaos. Where is God? We'll get to that part in a minute. That's what I ask you. Where is He? What has He done for you? Now, therefore, our God, we thank Thee and praise Thy glorious name. But who am I? I wonder how many times we ask that question when we're in our bed at night, when we're sitting in front of the mirror, when we're going out in the workplace, when we wake up in the morning. Who am I, Lord? Who am I that Thy grace has been shed upon me? Who am I, Lord, that your Son died on the cross and His blood shed for me? Who am I that you are mindful of me? Who am I? David says, Lord, who am I? And what is my people that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort? For all things come of thee, and of thine own have we given thee. It's yours. We're sitting here praising you because it's your praise. We're sitting here thanking You, Lord, for every victory because it's Your victory. You've gone before us. You've fought for us. You've delivered us. For we are strangers before Thee and sojourners as were all our fathers, Our days on the earth are as a shadow and there is none abiding. There is none, Lord, that can do anything without the vine. There's none that could abide in and of themselves. There's none, Lord, that can attach themselves to this earth and find their way on this earth as a sojourner, as a pilgrim and look up to you, Lord, and say, Lord, look what I've done. We had one in the Scriptures. We've had many in the Scriptures. The one that comes to mind that did that was Cain. Lord, accept this that I've given you. This is the fruit of the ground. But it wasn't offered in faith. And where does faith come from? But the Lord... But Abel's sacrifice was given in faith. Where does faith come from? The Lord. That's the only difference between the two sacrifices. How would Abel know to give him of the lamb that was a picture of Christ who was as lamb slain before the foundation of the world? Faith. Faith of his own? No. Faith of the gift of God. lest man should boast. O oh, Lord, our God, sixteen. All this store that we have prepared to build thee a house for thine holy name cometh of thine hand, and all and all, and is all thine own. It's all yours, Lord. I wonder how many times we wake up and we have that thought on our mind, Lord. Today, as I take my first breath, it's because you've given me breath as I have a life to live today, Lord, it's because You're the Lord of that life. As You have given so bountifully, Lord, what am I that You have given me these things? Who am I, Lord, in Your sight? It's the work of grace in the soul to ascribe all glory. That's what we have in Psalm 115. All glory, Lord, For your mercy and for your truth's sake. Two two things I hope you're thankful for. The mercy of God every day of our life to, to put away sins, to reveal to us that those sins have been put away as we sin over and over again. The mercy of the Lord to apply the blood. The mercy of the Lord to show us that we're forgiven. The mercy of the Lord to lead us to Him and lead us to His truth. I hope you value truth more today than you've ever valued in your life as we live in a deception of lies in this nation, in this world, where the deceiver is running rampant and the deceiver is always the father of lies. What is truth? Oh Lord, I give glory to Thee, Lord, because of Your mercy and Your truth. Without your truth, we would be left here to, to, to scramble in the darkness looking. To grope in the darkness and to grab and to latch on to whatever it is that makes us feel good. Whatever makes our, our carnal mind. And that's what gets us in the most trouble, which we'll talk about that in a second. I keep getting ahead of myself. David said, Lord, don't take thy Holy Spirit from me. He cried out to the Lord not to take His whole This was in Psalm 51, the, the penitent psalm, so to speak. When the Lord revealed to him, Thou art the man. He cried out to the Lord, Lord, don't take Thy Holy Spirit from me. Lord, without You, I truly can do nothing. Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians 1, 30 and 31. But of Him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. All of that is made unto us in Christ Jesus. That's what we are in Christ Jesus. We have redemption. We are sanct- our holiness is in Christ. Our righteousness is Christ. Our wisdom is Christ. That according as it is written, He that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. O oh Lord, order our conversation that in our lives and in our soul, what comes out of our soul, Lord, is to ascribe all glory to You, and not to talk about ourselves, not to talk about the creature, not to talk about what we've done for Thee, Lord, because that's not the voice of the Shepherd. That's not the work of God. That's this is not unto us, O oh Lord, not unto the, us, but unto Thy name give glory. For thy mercy and for thy truth's sake. Unto thy name. Peter said it this way in Acts 4.12. He said, neither is there salvation in any other. For there's none other name under heaven given among men. Did you know that? That means not your name. Not any preacher's name. Not any well-mannered man. Not anybody you've known in your life. Not any family member. There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved there's salvation in no other certainly not your name fits in there certainly not my name fits in there the name of Christ who is the Lord our salvation but how do we praise him I sit here and I say well Lord you must must work in us well Paul said it in Hebrews 13 15 he said by him you hear that? That's the, that's the key words there. By Him. By being in Christ. By Him. By His power. By, that's what we were saying David. David said, Lord, I have nothing except by Thy power. I can do all things through Thee who strengthens me, through Christ who strengthens me. But I have no power in myself. I have no will in myself. I have no desire in myself. But in Hebrews thirteen fifteen, Paul writes, by Him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to His name. How do we do that? By Him. All that we have is because of Him. We can't even praise Him aright. As we go to praise Him, we'll, we'll have that, that seepage of, of that old nature gets in there. We want some credit too, you know. Oh, that... That Lord, He's a great co-pilot. Man, He just puts me in that state where then I make a decision and I make the right one for Him. But, that, but that's His work. you know. He, he put me there and then He wanted me to do my part. Really? Are you in a salvable state today? Because if you are, you're dead. That's what, that's what a lot is preached in this nation today. God just puts you in a salvable state and you get to choose whether you're saved or you're not. Well, that ain't my God. I ain't the God of these Scriptures. My Lord saves to the uttermost. My Lord knows His sheep by name. My Lord performs all things for me and for every sheep that He has called to Him. Jesus Himself said this in John 7, 18, He that speaketh of Himself seeketh His own glory. Do you know that? He that speaketh of Himself seeketh His own glory, but He that seeketh His glory that sent Him. Have you been sent? Has the Lord sent you into this world to live unto Him? Do you seek His glory? But he that seeketh His glory that sent Him, the same is true, and no unrighteousness is in Him. That's what we have in Christ, in the Lord, we seek the Lord. In the Lord and by the Lord, we cry out to the Lord. Not unto us. Not unto us, Lord. But unto thy name give glory. Unto thy name. For thy mercy and for thy truth's sake. But what's the answer to the world? What's the answer from the world? Well, we see it in verse 2. Oh, wherefore should the heathen say, where is now their God? Isn't that always the question? Where is God now? Look at the chaos going on in this country. Where is your God now? Look at you. You've been afflicted. You have this disease. You have something wrong with this. You have something. Where, where is God now? Look at this. You've got this horrible thing going on in your house. And, and your house looks divided. Where is God now? Where is your God now? That's always the question. It's always been the question from the heathen, but i got news for you this morning. It may not be pleasant news. I think it's real news to to everyone who knows the Scriptures. But there's a part in us that's heathen. There's a part in us, that fallen nature, that says the same thing. It's that fallen nature that cries out as the Lord delivers us out of Egypt, and we're saying, Oh Lord, I wish we were back there in slavery. I wish we were back there where we had some onions to eat, because out here there's nothing. You haven't provided anything for us. That's that fallen nature. And that heathen nature of us will say that, Lord, where are you? Where are you? As a mocking kind of thing to say, Lord, where were you last week? Where were you when these things happened? You say you're not capable of that? Of course we are. Of course we are. That's what that hardness and bitterness in us is. You may not audibly say that. You may not audibly go, oh, where is God now? But in your very actions and in your very being, in your hardness of heart, in your unbelief, it's the same question. Where is God? The Bible tells us that there are always going to be scoffers. And there are. There's always those who are scoffers saying, where is God now? Where has He ever been? Where is He? The problem is, as I said, which lies in ourself, is we make things to be God. And, 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 and we start with ourselves, our own intellect, our own knowledge. I get in trouble a lot this way. You know. I, I start to reason things. I, I look at situations God brings me in and then I start to reason them based on what I've learned in the past. Based on what I hear on TV. Based on, oh, oh, this person said this, or this person said that. And you know what I lose sight of? Verse 3, our God is in the heavens, and He's done whatsoever He hath pleased. I lose sight of the one who has ordered all things for me. I lose sight, and then I I start to be an idol in my life. Then I start, oh, well, I, I need to pay attention more I need to study more I need to, I need to do this I need to do that you know how much carnal reason we live every day I wish I wish the Lord could awaken us every day starting today starting tomorrow just to see how many times we reason in our own mind or audibly to someone what we think this is that way even with the scripture this is what I think the scriptures say it doesn't matter It doesn't matter. It's what the Lord says in His Word, how He views them. What the Lord says in His Word. All men's got their own interpretation. What does God, what does the Spirit of God say? Look at verses 4 in our text here. Look look at verses 4 through 8. Now this is talking about the heathen and their their idolatry. but, But listen to this. Is this not true? The idols are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. That's, that's what gets us in trouble. When we say, where is God? We, we start to look for another God. Maybe it's in sports. Maybe it's in electronics. Uh, maybe it's in shopping. Maybe it's in other things we like to do. And I'm not bel- or bad-mouthing any of those things that we do, but when they take the place of the Lord in our thoughts and our minds and, and they become idolatrous to us, what is it that we have built with our own hands, because those things are built with our own hands. The silver and the gold, the work of men's hands, but they have, they have mouths, but they speak not. These aren't gods. We make them gods. And we're just as guilty as those in the wilderness that said, make us that golden cow. And oh, Aaron just jumped out of the fire and everybody started dancing and singing to this stupid cow made out of gold. And they thought it was God. And it has no mouth. I mean, it has a mouth, but it can't speak. It has eyes, but they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. Noses have they, but they smell not. There's no life in them. We give them life <clears throat> by putting them on a pedestal. We knock the Lord off His throne. We say, no, this one will wear the crown. And that this one is right here. It's, it's our self. It's our own knowledge. It's our own intellect. They have hands, but they handle not. Feet have they, but they walk not. Neither speak they through their throat. They that make them are like unto them. You see that? That's the problem. We like, we're like we like unto them. We have a nature that's like unto them. Oh, Lord, save us. Save us from that fallen nature. Save us from that desire to exalt ourselves. Save us, Lord, from that nature that we want to core up with every day and live in. It's a lot easier in this world, and I do mean fleshly easier is what I'm saying. Fleshly easier to walk in the way of the world, because all the masses are going there. But it is harder, relatively speaking, to live and to stand in the truth in this life. Now I say that relatively speaking because in Christ it's not hard. By Christ it's not hard because it's Him who does it. It's Him who has performed all things for me. But there's idolatry all around in everything that we do and we touch. We don't realize it. Or we're ignorantly blissful of it and we just go on and say, Oh, well, we can justify anything. I've heard enough people in this life, including myself, that can justify anything. Sometimes my wife will say something to me and she'll say something to me and I know I'm wrong in it because she'll call me on it and I'll justify it with whatever I can give her. Sometimes it works. Sometimes she's uh-huh, okay. It should never work because it's ungodly justification. Let me make an excuse for my sin. This is why I'm doing what I'm doing. But that's carnal. When the Lord does work in the soul, there's not an answer to sin that, oh, let's justify it. It's, Lord, forgive me, for I've sinned against You, Lord. I sorrow over that sin, Lord, because I've done that against You who have went to the cross for me, who's been nailed on the cross for me. That blood flowed for me. I've sinned against You, Lord, and You alone. Forgive me, Lord, for that sin. That's a work of grace to humble the child of God. To show Him who He sinned against. To show Him where the the comfort and the balm is. It's the blood of Christ. To cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Oh, the heathen say, where is your God now? Oh, the heathen say, and we say in ourselves, where is our God now? And I said, I tell you, it is such an affront when religion mixes with what Christ has done. When works mixes with grace. When the creature mixes with the Creator, the Lord rejects every bit of that worship. Ask Cain. The Lord rejects every bit of that Ask Nadab and Abihu. The Lord rejects every bit of man saying, this is what I've done for you, God. Look at my merits. I've I've, I've looked back in my life, Lord. This is how... This is what I've done for you. You know what that is? Rubbish. You know what that'll stand the test of time? Nothing. It'll burn. However, what the Lord has done for you, that's laid up in heaven. That's where our treasure is. What the Lord has done for His people. Hold your finger in our text here and turn back to Psalm 50. These are some chilling words, but I think it gets to the core of what our problem is in our old nature. Definitely David is speaking of the heathen here in Psalm 50. We'll just pick up in verse 16. But unto the wicked God says this, What hast thou to do to declare my statutes, or that thou shouldest take my covenant in thy mouth? Seeing thou hatest instruction and casteth my words behind thee. That's what we do. We cast the words of the Lord behind us. We know what it says in the Bible, but it's much easier in the flesh to walk in the way of the world. It's much easier when people around us are patting us on the back for walking with them. When thou sawest a thief, then thou consented with him, and hast been a partaker with adulterers that has many gods before them, I might add. Thou givest thy mouth to evil and thy tongue frameth deceit. Thou sittest and speakest against thy brother. Thou slandereth thine own mother's son. But then listen to this verse. This tells us the root of the problem. These things hast thou done and I kept silence. Thou thoughtest that I was altogether such a one as thyself. Isn't that our problem? We make God to be as logical as we are. We make God to be, and I, I shudder to say this, to be okay with the sins that we're okay with. That's what God says here. You make me to be like you are. But I'm not like you are. My, I'm in the heavens. I've done whatever I've pleased. My ways are higher than your ways. Oh oh no, Lord. I, you have to be whatever I make you to be. God says right here, to the evil, to the wicked. That's, that's that. Listen, we can talk about the heathen all day long, but I don't think that does anything for our souls. What does do something for our souls when the Lord shows us thou art the man. I've been guilty of that. I've been guilty of saying things against my brother. I've been guilty against these things. I've, I've been guilty about saying evil things in my mouth. I've been guilty. Why do you do that, Sean? Why do you do that, fallen nature? I tell you why. Because I make God to be just like I am. Does that change who God is? No. Does that change His omniscience, His omnipotence, His all glory? No. But it does up here. It does in my mind. That fallen mind of mine. Oh, tell me we don't need the mind of Christ. Every moment, every moment. Oh, Lord, give us the mind of Thy dear Son that we would submit to thy authority, that we would live and and desire, Lord, to do your will. You thought I was altogether such as one as thyself. But I will reprove thee and set them in order before thine eyes. Reprove us, Lord. Show us, Lord, that that is a wicked way. Show us that that way, Lord, is not the way of the cross. But let me tell you something. The heathen, as back in our text, the heathen will always will always say, where is now their God? That is something that the child of God will bear in this life, and he will suffer in this life. Why? Because his Lord suffered first in the same manner. Turn with me over to Matthew 27. We'll see it. Matthew 27. Matthew 27, verse 39, starting in 39. Jesus is now on the cross. Jesus is hanging on the cross. Verse 39, And they that passed by reviled Him, wagging their heads, and saying, Thou that destroyed the temple, and buildest it in three days, save thyself. Where is your God? Save thyself. If thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross. Where is your God? Likewise, Also, the chief priest, mocking him with the scribes and the elders, said, He saved others. Himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross, and we will believe him. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now. Where is your God? If he will have him, for he said, I am the Son of God. He went first. He was mocked by the world. We're mocked by the own fallen nature in our mind today, in our heart today. It's turned upon us. But there is a nature in us that is the Son of God, that is the new man, that will win, that will rise, that will say, say all you want. And and let me say this just as a a side note to this. Is this not (laughs) long-suffering? That he laid down his life as God in the face of man, Belittle little man saying this to him? Because nothing could could thwart the plan of salvation that was done in eternity. Nothing. No man, no matter what he said. He will lay down his life and dismiss the ghost when he says it is time. It is finished. He will go to the cross and He will perform everything. Where is your God, man will say. Where is He now? Have you entered into that suffering? Have you entered into that persecution? Because if you have, I got good news for you. He's risen. Back to our text, because that brings us to the the final verse here. That brings us to, you want to know where our God is? World, you want to know where my God is? He is in the heavens. And He has done whatsoever He pleased. And He'll bring the the mighty that are so mighty on this earth, He'll bring them to their knees. And He'll bring the heathen kings to cry out to Him as Nebuchadnezzar did in 435 of Daniel. And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He turned him out. He made him eat grass. And he said, you know what? You're nothing, king. Nothing. And he was brought to see that. And he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand or say unto him, what doest thou? (coughs) You say, well... I know that's what it says, but I still hear it today. I still hear man saying, where is God? I still have a part of me that cries out to God that way sometimes, and it's not in want and need. It's in a mocking fashion, just like these people are saying, saying, where are you, Lord? But He is the Lord who's changed not. He is the Lord who is governing everything. I was sharing that with my children this week as we were talking about um, Thomas... And those eight days, those eight days after after the Lord appeared to those disciples, and ten of them, and Thomas wasn't in there with them. And Thomas said, You know, I'll never believe until I put my hand in the side of his hole, the hole of the sides, and his hole as the hands. I gotta I gotta see it, I gotta believe it, I gotta do it myself. Lord said, Okay. Eight days. I thought about that. Oh gosh, Lord made me enter into what that eight days must have been like, you know, day after day. Lord, I made a proclamation. I said in my time. I said, Lord, all you've got to do is appear to me and I'll choose you. Day one. Day two. Day three. Day four. Well, by the time day eight came around, I'm thinking Thomas must be pretty low. Lord, you ever going to appear? Is it, is it now the day? And the Lord appeared to him on the eighth day. And the Lord appeared to him and said, Come, reach now. Do what you said you had to do. And he never did. He just pronounced it, My Lord and my God! That's the power of the Lord. In the day of His power, for the child of God to cry out, My Lord and my God! You've done this! This is you! I didn't have to thrust my hand in your side because you, Lord, have given me the faith to believe. Where is your God? I ask you that question this morning as you sit in that say, Where is your God? Is He reigning in heaven? Let me tell you a little bit about mine. My God, before there was ever an earth, got together in eternity, a place I know nothing about. And they got together and they said, the three in one said, you know what? We're going to make a world I am going the Father said, I'm going to elect a people. And the Son said, I'm going to go and die for those people. And the Holy Ghost said, I'm going to seal those people. And my Lord was slain before there was ever a world. If these scriptures are true. My Lord laid down his life for me, who wasn't even, who was known. Who was known. Wasn't known to my parents. Wasn't known to anybody I know but was known to my Lord before there ever was. I don't even know what that means. I really don't. I don't know what that means, before there ever was. Because as long as I've lived on this earth, there's always been an earth. And there will be until I pass off this earth. I, I don't know what eternity means, but I will know. I will know one day. I will know, as, and I'll be known as I'm known, because that's my God is in the heavens doing whatsoever He pleased. And then, in time, after He made this earth, in time, He sent His Son in the most humble way that He could. He he, he was born in in a barn in a cow trough. In a humble way. And He lived on this earth for 33 years. And He never sinned. And He perfectly obeyed. And He had to do that to make a righteousness for me. That's that's where my God is. He came down here and obeyed perfectly every minute He was on the face of this earth so that now my obedience is His obedience. And when the Father looks at the Son, He sees me in Him and says, I accept Him because of my Son's obedience, because of my Son's righteousness. That's what my God did. That's my God who's in the heavens, and He's done whatsoever He's pleased. And He wrought out a perfect sanctification, and He justified me, and He left me out of it. He didn't put nothing on me. He didn't say, Sean, if you choose me, I'll be your God. He chose me before there was an ever world, and it was done, and it was an amen, and it was finished. And He came in time, and He died on that cross, and He finished. And my mind's eye now, by the Holy Spirit, can take me to that cross and see Him hanging there, and hanging there for me. He's a wicked sinner. Who's not deserving. And He did that for me. That's where my God is. He's in the heavens. He's reigning, and he's done everything for me, and everything in my life now is secured and sealed by the Holy Spirit, and everything in my life to come is done and finished in my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. What about you? Where is your God? And my Lord went to that tomb, and he laid there as a, a dead corpse for three days. And He did that for me. God did that. But He came out of that tomb. He came out of that place for me. He came out of that place for every one of His people. And He ascended up on high. And He's reigning in His kingdom. And if we be in Him, that's what we have. Not unto us, Lord. Not unto us. But unto Your name, Give glory. Ascribe all the glory for your truth. That's what the truth is as it's revealed to me. And there's so much more in it. So much more He's done for me. So much more. Anything I could possibly think of today. The job I have is because of Him. The family I have is because of Him. The grace that has touched my soul is because of Him. And the power He's given me to speak is because of Him. Because of His mercy and for His truth's sake. That's where my Lord is. My Lord is in the heavens and He's done whatsoever He has pleased. To Him be all glory for great things He has done. Let us pray. O Lord, may you add thy power. May you add thy clarity for thy name's sake and for thy glory. And Lord, as we glory this day, may we glory in you, in you alone, for truly thou art worthy. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.